Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The Parkins and Spiegel Show that will be represented by Mark Grody and Gabe Ramirez. I am on the air right now at B96. The other side, Jason Derulo right here on B96. You can catch me on the other side of the radio dial, that is. 670 the score. Hi, Gabe. I have a request. Yeah. For B96. Sure. Did you play Doja Cat again? Yeah, can you play hey, Unholy hey, by Sam Smith? I, I, I get defensive when people start talking about how often our songs are played over there. Can so. you play Dua Lipa? Layla. Sometimes all I think about is you. At night, night in the middle of June. Heat was Something, something in the rest of the song. I will never forget. I used to talk to Eddie, totally Eddie Goldman about this all the time. Top 40 OG. This is the killer baby, 96. Want to find out if the people are still behind the troops? So things are heating up over there pretty good. And now flying these missions at one mission per minute? Yes, indeed you do. It's like Jobo doing shots on a Friday night. He sent me an email one time. We were Terry and I were doing one of our Friday funk topics. It was like Tales of Laziness or something like that. And Eddie sends you this note. And he goes, man, I love stealing stuff from you and Terry. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, your bits are great. And we can translate them here. Because I just throw in a bunch of yo's and hoes. <laughs> a little DJ air horn. Like a right. <laughs> This is years ago. There was a blood drive going on because of a hurricane or something like that. And you were talking about the way B96 might handle it. Yo, what's up with these tornadoes, yo? Let's all look at the red crowd. These hurricanes are crazy. Yo, it's, it's off the, it's whack, man. There's nothing original in this damn business. The morning zoo crew. If I was in a shark attack and then they had no anesthetic and they had to heal it up and they'd sew it up, I'd be like, this sucks. But then if two DJs came in to interview me, that's it. I'm done, man. There's always like two guys. So it's this guy and this guy. Yeah, well, we're here with funny man David Cross. David, you didn't know it, but you are just in time to help us out with a Friday morning fart song. Like, what? No. One, two, three. Here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Yes, welcome into the Parkins and Spiegel Show. No, it's not the morning. This is David Haw. I'm in for the guys with Adam Hogue from CHGO. And he is here to talk about the Bears, the White Sox, a little bit of everything today. We're going to have some fun filling in and that was yesterday's transition that was very entertaining i heard some of that with gabe and layla and dan and grody the, uh, who, who's 
funny without trying to be funny. And Gabe actually was here. I, uh, that was the bit. He was on B96 while he was here. I always wanted to do that, like be in two stations at the same time or in the same day, except for I would choose US 99. I would do the country thing. I can get you a, a break at US 99 tomorrow if you want it. Well, we're going to have to talk, Shane, if we're still talking by the yeah. end of this show, that maybe uh, that will be something to look into because that would be a lot of fun. You're already doing two shifts today here. You could have done you could have done US 99 in the middle of it. I could have done that instead of working yeah. out and eating. Yeah, that could have been better. Maybe, maybe next time we, uh, we can do that. No, but it will be uh, – we're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to talk a little bit Bears. As we said – during transition, we're going to talk to Dave Wanstead, who will be in studio, scheduled to start at 4 o'clock for the 4 o'clock hour. He'll be here about 2.45, I'm sure, you know, carrying whatever he's carrying with him. I hear he brings drinks to the afternoon uh, responsibilities. Jason McKee, former Bear, also of the No Name Football Podcast with Olin Krutz. He's going to be talking to us at 5 o'clock about Devin Hester. And, Adam, uh, you were at Hallis Hall today while both offensive coordinator Luke Getze and defensive coordinator Alan Williams spoke. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Just talking Bears because, you know, week 18 arrives on Sunday, but this season cannot end soon enough. We were still going to talk about the Bears. Anyway, that is a threat and a promise. But you could argue that there's more on the line in the last week of the season for the Bears than there has been for a long, long time. I'll let you argue that. I don't, <laughs> I don't agree with it, but you can argue it. I only agree with it to a certain point. You argue that why? Because of the number one overall pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's still a significant day. And, and it's not the end of the world if you get the two pick. But It's not the end of the world at all. Uh, no, but I do think that it does give you... No one can argue that the, there's no difference between the two. I think especially when you look at the the fact uh, a not a team that hypothetically we believe is not going to draft a quarterback number one in the Chicago Bears right uh, versus the Texans who probably would it gives you more bargaining power to be ahead of the Texans. Let me ask you a quick follow up there. Yeah, are you sure the Bears would not draft a quarterback number one if they have the number one overall pick? Okay, so interesting question. It's come up a lot. People don't want to hear it, <laughs> but I I I. I I'm not closing the door completely to that because I don't know that we – do we know for sure that Ryan Poles is all in on Justin Fields? I think, I think if you have to ask the question, you know the answer. Yeah. And it's no. I, I don't know that he is because he has not declared that. Right. And no, I he don't, don't know that yeah. he has to, but it sure would be nice if he did. Well, and it's going to be asked next week. So It will be asked next week. We can read into what he has said, what he hasn't said. And as recently as last Sunday in a sit-down with Jeff Joniak on the pregame show on WBBM, Ryan Poles basically acknowledged what everyone paying attention has also seen, and that is that Justin Fields still has a ways to go to develop as a passer. Yep. That was perceived by some as how dare he, and by some as criticism, by others as just this is a general manager evaluating his quarterback because that's part of the job, and he cannot see things that aren't there. And look, I'm, I'm glad Chicago's in a place where they have a quarterback to believe in. But those that are deciding to go and take it to the extreme that nothing can ever be said, like, and we're going to play some of this in a little bit here with Luke Getze, simply acknowledging that the quarterback did not play well Sunday, which anybody with eyes could have seen, and then they get upset about it, it's... It's just I don't I don't I don't even know what to were, call it, but it's you, bizarre. Were you, okay, so you're suggesting Justin Fields didn't have a great game uh, <laughs> last Sunday because of the way that he threw the football. Were you cleared by security 
were you how would you, how were you allowed in here if you have those kind of opinions? Oh, I've already been canceled on Twitter like okay. three times yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, uh, yesterday it was because I suggested that the quarterback having a hip injury is not ideal. Do you bl- do you buy that it's a hip injury? I do because I think we saw him getting his hip worked on. Do I buy do I buy the follow up and answer from Eberflus yesterday that it's something that would have kept him out of a playoff game? I don't buy that. Adam, we went from yeah. Sunday at Matt Eberflus talking about Justin Fields likely would play. On Monday, he left the door open a little bit about, well, we're going to evaluate his health. And then on Wednesday, he declared him out with a hip sprain. Yeah. So we don't don't we know what's going on here? Yeah, we all know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, but I do think there is an issue there. I, I'm I'm actually wondering if it's something he's been dealing with for a while because from my just eyes watching tape, even going back to the Falcons game where he originally suffered suffered that shoulder injury, he didn't look like he was running at the same speed and intensity that he had, you know, even in that Lions game prior when he broke loose and beat Jeffrey Okuda of all people to the end. So zone. the breakaway on Sunday, you think, showed you that he was somewhat limited. Yeah, he didn't. He look. He didn't explode. He didn't. Ex- uh, he exploded, but not to the degree. He only hit twenty point seven six miles per hour. I think he didn't reach twenty one. Right, which is like okay, all right, yeah, fine. But maybe. But the thing is, is he was hitting twenty one, twenty two earlier in the season, and that makes a difference. That's the difference between running away from the safety at the end. That is the difference. I'll grant you that. I just think that the decision not to play him uh, was not just. Matt Eberflus is to make, and if it were left up to the coaches, I think that they would probably have a different uh, decision or outcome here. I don't know that sure. because we'll never know the truth. But as I started this morning, uh, right about five thirty, this is to me Matt Eberflus pivoting from the hits principle to the quits principle. <laughs> this yeah. is good. Yeah. This, this is just them conceding. That's all. And they're going to protect the quarterback. They're going to protect the draft position. But this is the Bears conceding. Do you think that's the right move? If if that if what you're saying is true, and, I'm, and if Justin Fields is healthy enough to play on Sunday, would I play him? Absolutely. Every 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 year, yeah, yeah. every time. And, and by the way, I agree with you. And that's, I, I yeah. would play him because I think that. You can't take for granted opportunities to improve. I understand there's risk involved every time you take the field. We don't need to be reminded of that this week. We have been uh, definitely reminded of that. It's been reinforced. But I do believe that if you have a young player that you're developing and you have an opportunity to improve against NFL competition in a game that doesn't matter to the standings but is a chance to get better, absolutely true because I think you run the risk of getting injured, but you also have the possibility and the potential – of finishing with a 275-yard passing day, three touchdowns, and eight of eight of the catches uh, or throws go to Chase Claypool. There's a chance that you're passing up if he indeed is healthy enough to play. Yeah, and look, the head coach said that Sunday in Detroit. I was there. He said there's no substitute for regular season live reps, and you're not going to get those until week one of next year now. So I, I'm with you, and that's where I was even him finishing the game Sunday. Right. I, I didn't have much of a problem with it. He had a chance for a two-minute drive late in the game against backups, and then your, your tackles still got called for holding and a false start, set you backwards, and you couldn't do anything. And, and that's not necessarily Fields' fault. That It's not Fields' fault in that moment. But I still understand as a coach why you look at that situation. Trainer, is he healthy? Sure. Okay, we got a two-minute drive. He might not get one of these the rest of the season. Let's go see what we can do. 
And the whole conversation points to this fact that I, I believe is essential, and we're going to talk about it because we are entering week 18, and there was one primary purpose to this entire season, and that was finding out what you had at quarterback. Now, to some degree, Justin Fields answered that emphatically with a five-game stretch that was historic, and he showed us what he's capable of doing. He was on the verge of breaking a rushing record for quarterbacks had he played on Sunday and stayed healthy. But I do think that there's still room to grow as a passer. That's just evaluating him as a football player. That's just honestly talking about what he is and what he isn't yet. And this morning on the Mullenhaw Show, we brought in Brad Biggs for his regular visit, and he had a lot to say about this, and that's what we're going to get to when we get back. Biggs time in the afternoon. Yes, Shane, Biggs time. On the afternoon show, Parkinson Spiegel, David Haw, Adam Hogan for the guys. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. Morning, boys. What's going on? Welcome back to the Parkinson Spiegel Show. David Haw, Adam Hogue in for the guys this afternoon. Yes, that was Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune, the football guy there at a regular on the Moline Haw Show. Adam, did you hear Brad this morning? Did you hear him talking about Justin Fields with the interview that uh, got a lot of attention since he talked about 7:15? Haven't been able to hear the whole thing. Have uh, certainly picked up on snippets and generally have an idea of the conversation because it's been happening for much of this week. Um, well, let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear. Context is important, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people have maybe just gone on the, on Twitter and seen a, a clip or here or there. You know how that works, people, yes. whether it's in the media or not in the media. So this is Brad Biggs this morning when the topic um, became obvious, Justin Fields and what progress he still can make. Well, he hasn't accomplished nearly enough as an NFL passer, and that picture is far from complete, but it's it's uh, it's not a pretty picture right now. You know, you see the uh, the kid draws something, right? and they show it to you, and you take a look at it, and you're like, what's that? And they tell you what it is, and you're like, oh, of course. Um, I mean, that's how this picture looks right now. The Bears are uh, at the very bottom of uh, passing in the NFL. I mean, they're just miles behind everyone else. They're just lagging far, far behind. It It is rudimentary. It is basic. It is. Uh, it's not very explosive unless he's pulling it down and running the football. They've got a bad offensive line that's been established. They need to improve there. They've got a very poor group of skill position players that's also been established, and and that's kind of been par for the course in these parts. If you go back over the last. You know, two decades or so, the Bears are used to playing with receivers that aren't great. And the quarterback hasn't played well enough, not nearly well enough. And and that's uh, a conversation that some folks refuse to uh, take part in or listen to. 
I'm sure you get calls along those lines, but he has not arrived as a passing quarterback in the National Football League. What they did this season is not sustainable. He can be very much part of the solution. To this point, he's also been part of the problem throwing the football. I don't know how you kind of neatly assign blame for a horrendous passing game. You know, I don't know how you say it's one-third pass blocking, one-third route running, not getting open, one-third quarterback, or it's, you know, 40% for two of them and 20% for the other. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't think the Bears would spend their time trying to figure that out. What's clear is all three haven't been good enough until all three are better they can't put together a high-caliber passing game. You say, well, you can't even evaluate fields. Well, there have been quarterbacks that have been sacked a ton and still put up big-time numbers, quarterbacks that have played behind poor offensive lines that have delivered numbers that, that are light years ahead of what fields has put up. And so the counter would be, well, they had great wide receivers. Okay, They had better wide receivers than what the Bears have. I I grant that. In the last three seasons, guys, there's been one quarterback each year that has been sacked more than 45 times, that has thrown for more than 4,500 yards, and that has thrown for, I believe it's more than 33 or more touchdowns. Okay, so the yardage is more than double where Fields is at. Fields has got a few more sacks and the touchdown passes are way higher. So if they want to get to an elite level, all three of those areas have got to be significantly better. That was Brad Biggs this morning on the Mullen Haw Show, and that's context of what he said about Justin Fields. The second part of that when he talked about dividing responsibility was in response to my follow-up question to his original point, and I asked him about not having an offensive line. That protects him. He was sacked seven times against the Lions. Not having wide receivers that are NFL caliber wide receivers. This is going to be the first time since 1989 the Bears will have not had a wide receiver with 500 receiving yards. These are huge impediments in the progress of a young quarterback like Justin Fields. That is almost an understood premise when you're talking about what he needs to do and how to evaluate him. To me, Adam... What Brad is saying is what I agree with, is that, yes, that is true, but we also were reminded last Sunday, as we have been at different times throughout the season, that as a passer, he has yet to arrive. Completely true. It's just just true. And and here's, like, the most frustrating thing to me for those that don't really want to hear that or admit that, which I guarantee you the Bears would say the same thing. I guarantee you that every coach in that building – is saying the same thing, is telling him exactly what Brad said in so many words, and that Ryan Poles agrees with that premise. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't be 3-13, and 13, guys. They and, just wouldn't. And, but Poles also literally said that in his interview on BBM. That's, that's pretty before, much what he said. Before the game, like, yeah. we still need to see him grow throwing the ball. And guess what? He had his worst game since week three against the Texans. And and that's not even the that's not even that big of a deal. Like every quarterback's going to have ups and downs, and for the most part, I actually think there's been considerable growth. And I think if you really break it down, you can point to uh, improvement with horizontal throws to the sideline, which earlier in the season 
were way off. Why do you think he struggles so much with those? Because that's part of the thing we're talking about. These are the simple throws that you see other quarterbacks, frankly, make effortlessly, very naturally. I don't think he's really done that yet because – we have seen him struggle with the most most simple of throws. Yeah, and, and it was really bad early, but then he actually, in the middle of the season, got a lot better at yep. it, and he started developing this good sidearm to get around the ends that would sort of stop. And 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 then all of a sudden, I don't know if they made an adjustment, but I thought his footwork and timing got a little off with, with some of that stuff too. And I think that that applies to even him throwing with anticipation. We don't see a whole lot of that in the Bears' offense, so that's something that's I think kind of held him back um, from even getting better at it. But there were times during the year where I thought he sped up his process and was getting rid of the ball faster. And then, again, I think in the last month or so, that's kind of gotten away. And it's another area where I wonder, since the shoulder injury, also how long has this hip thing actually been bothering him not making excuses, but something's been different here for in the last month. Nobody's making excuses, but I do think there has been a subtle regression for whatever reason. It might be injury-related. It might be he's running for his life. It might be that his receivers can't catch the ball and he doesn't trust them to get out of a break. All those things are true. And 209 texts in, a lot of people are reacting to this, and that's good because this is a conversation that, frankly, needs to, needs to take place. You, I, we know they're having it at Hallis Hall, and we'll continue to have it. 219, straw man argument. No one is screaming that Fields has made it as a passer yet. Well, they kind of are. I think when you have the expectation that this is the franchise quarterback and part of Ryan Poles being sure of that to the point where that if he does get the number one overall pick, they're going to stick with Justin Fields. Part of that conversation assumes that he is who you want him to be as a quarterback and that he has arrived as a passer. All we're saying that, all Brad said this morning, and all we're agreeing with, is that that process is yet to be complete. And as we get to the end of his second year as a starting NFL quarterback and the end of the season that was supposed to answer all of those questions, that one still exists. Yeah. And that's okay. Right. But it still exists. Don't be- pretend it doesn't. Be- because, to be honest, this season could have been a lot worse from that standpoint. It was trending that way very early on. Yeah. I mean, it was really – I think people sort of forget how bad it actually was the first three weeks of the season. The Bears were 2-1, and one, and all the shows after the Texans game, my shows included, were very dire because Justin wasn't looking good at all. And then it, and then it got a lot better. So, by the way, it's not supposed to be complete after year two either. So I think he answered a lot of the questions this year. I think this year was a win. He overall, to me, is a long-term starter at the quarterback position. I think if you separate the running ability out of that, he probably falls down more into just a regular-type starting quarterback. You can't do that. I mean, I understand what you're saying and why you would say it, but you you can't separate the running ability when you're evaluating Justin Fields because if you do that, Frankly, there'd be nothing to evaluate. No, no, I'm just saying that that that's where he still needs to get better. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm saying like right now when I grade him out, he's a long-term starter. Yep. But if I take, but when I'm doing plus minuses and giving him all those pluses, a lot of that's on the running side. So as a passer, how does he grade out? And I still think that's lagging. That's all we're saying. And by the way, I've seen a lot of glimpses where I think it is going to come around. I am definitely in the camp of people who remain optimistic about it coming around in the passing game. 
but it's not there yet, and it's okay to say that. I think that's all we're trying to say, too. Optimistic, I think I'm somewhere between optimistic and practical. I'm practical to the point where I don't really believe that Ryan Poles has any other choice but to embrace Justin Fields as the franchise quarterback. And I, I think that Justin Fields put him in that position and made the decision for him by being as dynamic of a playmaker as he was throughout that five-game stretch and that what we have seen at times as recently as last Sunday – those explosive plays, that is what special looks like. You can't draft that. You can't coach that. You can't defend that. So you have to embrace it. So that said, I do think he definitely is the guy you have to find a way to build around. You're going to have to, if you don't like it, and he's not your prototypical quarterback, Ryan Poles, he's not the guy that you drafted but you inherited, you have to learn to love him if you don't already. So I think that is where I am in terms of practical team-building perspective as far as optimism that he can become a more polished passer so we're not having the same conversation in a year from now I do believe that if you surround him with more talent I do believe if he gets more protection and I do believe that Luke Getzey takes another step as a play caller he will be a guy who puts himself in position to be the Pro Bowl caliber quarterback everybody wants to see now but certainly isn't there yet. That's the thing, though, guys. This is what we're doing this season. Like this is the conversation you're having. Let's let's look at let's put Tony Stewart in a 1995 Ford Fusion, and then you're asking him to finish on the podium every week. But he's driving a 1994 Ford Fusion, and everyone else has fully souped-up NASCARs. Like you're asking Justin yeah. Fields to look like a polished passer when he's driving a 1994 I, Ford Fusion and it can't block for I, I would say that I'm not asking Tony Stewart in this analogy to, to finish first. I'm asking him to not hit the wall, to avoid the, to avoid the bumps, and to do simple better, as Joe Madden might say. I think that's what I struggle with with Justin Fields, is that sometimes you will see him hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he should. You will see him miss the simple throw that, that other quarterbacks, frankly, do make. And you will see him not doing simple better. And I understand what you're saying, Shane, and it is a valid point, but I, 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 it's about expectations. And he just ha- once he starts to master some of the simpler things, then I think I, the other stuff starts to become bigger factors. Yeah, I, I think he's been through a lot this year, though, that, that you know they, they drastically changed their approach in the middle of the season that put him in a place to have success running the football, but it was also something he never really done in his life. Except that was a good thing, Adam. No, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it was saved his season. But when you say get through a season, like that's not easy to do when you're taking all those hits constantly and you've never been through this in your entire life before. It's something he's got to learn from going into this offseason. Whatever this hip and shoulder stuff is, like – to, to some extent, you're seeing this in other teams. Like Lamar Jackson, he's still out sometimes. Jalen Hurts said the same thing happened to him, where his shoulder driven to the ground. It's going to happen when you're that quarterback. We we have to get to a break because we want to get to what Luke Getzey had to say today at Hallis Hall. But before we do, quickly, I want to ask you this. You referenced Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has missed four games in a row mm-hmm. for the Baltimore Ravens. It's changed the, the course of their season. It's changed their ambition, perhaps, in Baltimore. He also is without a contract because they don't yeah. want to guarantee him that money. How much of, of what happens with, in Baltimore in regard to their commitment level to Lamar Jackson do you think affects the way you view what's going on with the Bears and Justin Fields? I think it's something you got to pay attention to if you're Ryan Poles, certainly. I mean, especially because that's one of the few franchises in the NFL I pay attention to just in terms of how they do business and how they operate. They're always winning, right? Same thing in Pittsburgh. So, but They, they like Roquan Smith. Yeah, but I think, 
I think they have a, a similar situation there, though, where you also have to look at the floor. And I will say this about Justin Fields, and one of the reasons why I think so many fans are so optimistic. Like, if this is the floor, this is still a pretty exciting floor. It's been a lot better than we've seen in this city usually. So you got to be, you still, you still got to be happy about that. 815 points out, Shane. There were no Ford Fusions in 1994. Should have used the Escort as a. Uh... Analogy, but I appreciate the you effort. get it though, right? I do Duh, get it. Shane, you come get on, it. Shane. I do get it, but hey, I'm come the on. car guy. I'm the car guy. Can we agree on that? I knew I had a hard time picturing everything was going on with that oh, analogy. Shut up, dude. <laughs> what did Luke Getze say today at Hallis Hall about Justin Fields? How does the offensive coordinator for the Bears evaluate his quarterback? We'll talk about that next. It's Parkinson Spiegel, David Haw, Adam Hogan here for. The guys, Chicago Sports Radio 670. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 